Welcome to Big Blend Radio with your hosts, Lisa and Nancy, editors of BigBlendMagazine.com. There is no doubt that America is split into two different warring factions, the, um, the red and the blue um, we can say that, and we can say the black versus the white. We can say that basically America is divided, and I don't believe it's just America. I do believe this is a universal issue that is going on. Um, Nancy and I travel the country, yeah, you know, going from park to park to home, communicating with people, and um, we talk about this. And we're very excited because mm-hmm. we got an awesome press release from an awesome company who said, hey, you got to watch this documentary. It's called The Reunited States. It's something that addresses what Nancy and I have been experiencing on the road. Um, and we've experienced a whole bunch. <laughs> Let me just say, when you're on the road a lot, you do. Um, but this documentary follows four everyday heroes on a difficult journey of bridging our political divides. We have to at some point. I mean, do we want it to go further? Look at what happened this January with the storming of the Capitol building. How far do we have to go? What about communication? Nancy and I have sat at tables from table Mm -hmm. to table to table with people, breaking bread, Mm -hmm. literally having conversations that no matter, you're not supposed to talk about religion and sex and drugs or alcohol, whatever. That's what my granny said. That's what my grandma said. Never well, talk about sex, politics, or religion, and and those are the three things that always come up. And you must talk about them. And people say, "I don't want to say this. I know we're not supposed to, but, but. when you travel, you see this happening, and it can come from both sides. But there's a media, the the middle, the independent side. Um. So anyway. The United States is coming out. Uh, it's out now in virtual cinemas. Will be out on VOD, uh, you know, virtual mm-hmm. on demand everywhere through uh, all the different platforms like Amazon and iTunes on February 9th. And it is really cool. It's based on the book by the same name by Mark Gerzon, who is an awesome human being. This gives us hope and some ways to just connect personally. Um, we're very excited because we have the award-winning narrative and documentary filmmaker Ben Ricky join us on Big Blend Radio today to talk about his film. And I encourage you to go to the website. It's reunitedstates.tv. That way you can connect in as it goes out and all the different streaming devices. We're all streaming stuff these days with this pandemic. Uh, and also they have a cool premiere coming up on February 11th, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. But Ben, Thank you so much for making this film, and welcome. How are you? Good. Thanks so much for having me, Lisa and Nancy. Yeah, I'm excited to talk uh, more about it. There's endless conversations going on about, about mm. our political divide, and so hopefully this is, uh, can be a small part of that moving forward. Yeah, you know, I, I really, mm-hmm. I, Nancy and I both appreciate your film, as we were saying in the beginning. I, I don't mean to take a big, long intro that often, but... It's something that really hits home for us as we travel and we talk to people just uh, like, you know, it, the couple that was in your 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 mm. video, um, David Leverton and his wife, Erin, going across in an RV. And he's a Republican, mm-hmm. he's a staffer, and said, hey, let's go check out what's going on in the country. Why do we have this divide? And we really, it, they connected with us in so many ways because we do yeah. travel. Mm. Um, and I thought that that was huge. That was huge. Yeah. What they did. Yeah. 
their their story. I mean, David and Aaron Leverton, um, Republican family from with three kids from Texas, and you know, in a nutshell, David used to work as a campaign operative, helping to win elections, and you know, had to foment a lot of division and animosity to to do that. And when 2016 came around, and he saw the violence breaking out around the uh, election. He felt tremendously uh, guilty that he had somehow played uh, a role in this in fomenting division. And his wife turned to him and said, look, if we didn't have a job and, and bills and you know kids to feed, like, what would you really want to do with your life? And without thinking, he said, I'd want to bring unity back to this country. And mm-hmm. it kind of stopped her in her tracks. And she said, you know, what does that look like? Let's talk that out. And they came up with this idea to sell their house, buy an RV, and travel to all 50 states to find out what's causing these divisions. And it's this incredible story of this evangelical family going into black communities and native Mm -hmm. reservations and border towns and really acknowledging that our version of America is not the same as the version of America that everyone else lives in. And, you know, they went out with an open heart and said, tell us your story. We want to understand what your life experience has been. And people would just tell them the most deeply personal and heartbreaking, tragic experiences they'd been through because of the color of their skin or their background or their culture or religion. And it would just break down these walls of division. And they would look within and say, we had no idea that we were part of this problem. And I think that really embodies the theme of the film is that you know, even if we think we're on the right side of an issue or the right side of the aisle, like we're all either putting fuel on the fire or diffusing our divisions every day. And so we all have a role to play in polarization and in the healing. And oh, we hope that's what uh, sure. this film helps amplify. Yeah. And I, I really, they, um, they're, oh, there are so many stories with what they did and, mm. and experienced so many stories. Um, and, at, you know, going, we were in Shiprock a couple year and a half ago. Yeah, and we drove through there, and there's, there's, this is sad. It's a sad story. Shiprock sad, and then we ended mm-hmm. up driving on this stupid, crazy road trip day. We're like, <laughs> well, we'll just leave Florence, Colorado, Southwest Colorado, and when we get to Yuma, Arizona, right, border town, all kinds of interesting things there too. Um, mm-hmm. We're gonna take our time and car camp on our way down, just so we can do all our parks that we do on our Love Your Parks tour, and um, mm. we ended up driving. And really needing to go to the bathroom. I remember needing to pee like you wouldn't believe. And we'd driven through the, the, the million-dollar highway. It's like one of the deadliest roads of America. And I'm like, I'm done. And now we're going to drive through Shiprock at night. And when we drove through there, it was like mm-hmm. a Friday or Saturday night. And people were high or drunk or something. Well, teenagers. And these, teenagers, teenagers. When you stopped at a stoplight, tried to push another teenager into the car. Like, yeah, like oh, wow. almost like a death run. Mm-hmm. And I've heard this is like a new thing now. And then when we got on the highway, you know, here's some, you know, those amazing buttes, you know, that you see in your film um, where, you know, Aaron and David were when we drove off, you know, I was following a truck. They they ran in the highway and did that. And I think what was I was just like, what the heck, man? I was freaked out, you know, and I really did almost pee in my pants. I didn't. I held it together. Yeah. You know, but anyway, you know what I mean? There's issues think, there. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I think that brings up a really good point. Like, you know, the Levertons in the film, when they go to Shiprock, they – see how broken the community is. And like mm-hmm. you said, alcohol is just rampant. And I think it's easy to sort of say, 
oh, like, look at this, the reservation, people, you know, mm-hmm. are dealing with alcoholism, and they're, it's like, you know, impoverished. But if you put in the context that this is a community that's been just totally decimated over several centuries and mm-hmm. beaten, demeaned, you know, families ripped apart, forced into schools, killed and raped. And, and then you think, okay, well, of course there's a reason that there's a history behind this. And so I think mm-hmm. that looking at it, the historical context is really, is really important. And, and in the story, that's one of my most favorite scenes because you really hear from people on the reservation telling their story and, and trying to contextualize it for folks, which is not a voice we hear often enough. And, you know, there's so many that don't want to hear it at all. They, they yeah, I, well, I, it, this is, I guess you bring up a really good point because there's, you know, mm-hmm. there's people that, you know, okay, there's outward racists that are like, we don't, you know, agree with this or we don't like these people. But then there's a lot of us and a lot of people on the journey that have just haven't had the life experience to interact with people uh, mm-hmm. of color and may not be on the same leg of the journey. And so there's a common statement that's like, oh, well, that was, you know, my ancestors, like, I didn't have anything to do with that, you know, but there's, mm-hmm. the problem is there's still systems in place and policies in place that, like, you know, still carry these systemic problems forward. And so I try and be a little bit more forgiving and understanding that people are on different legs of that journey. I mean, I myself in my teenage or early 20s was saying things that I think were a lot more, you know, uh, less evolved than I am now. And so I can't fault other people for not having mm-hmm. the opportunity to interact with people that can that can help give context and open their eyes. And we really hope to make with the film a more delicate way to talk about these issues because I think mm-hmm. there is a lot of like shame and anger and canceling going on that's that's actually making people run in the other direction. Mm-hmm. And I think if we approach this from compassion and say, hey, like here are some stories to to think about, maybe we can change yeah. some hearts and minds. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's it. Nancy and I, as we travel, we find that you sit down with mm-hmm. someone and you, you're really connecting, you're loving this person. And then you find out the other political side and you're like, Oh, now what? But we really like this person. We share these common visions of different things, love, family, you know, mm-hmm. and I, I think that's so important that we rediscover them. You know, they always say like also with a couple, right. A, a, you know, a married couple, and that their love gets, you know, a little lost, the honeymoon's over. And then you have to rediscover why you got married or hooked up in the first place. What was that spark? What was that, that you know, joy? And I think that's what our country has to do and, and the world. I, I think your movie plays to the rest of the world. England's going through it. All these countries are going Everybody's through going these through divides. This is a global thing. Um, but I love the reunited states, you know, it's like, you know, I, I, I love <laughs> Kamal Bell, but anyway, it's the same kind of like, hello, this is why this happened. Mm-hmm. This is the history. And what can we do to unite and remember why we're friends? Because people are, it's like the civil war. And you talked about that in the, in the film, not you personally, but I, I think it was Mark. Mark Gerzon, amazing. I and I downloaded mm. his ebook today. Got his ebook. I'm like, dude, this is my new thing. Because what can we do hmm. to unite? And uh, like you have the Millennial uh, Action Project, uh, Stephen Olicara on there. Uh, oh my gosh, this Millennial Action Project. Not only is it about you know young people coming together, but a lot of people hate young people 
they think everybody is a millennial is stupid. There's like that. There's so this is this all these different issues are coming together, but we can find this together. We got to remember the joy. Remember the joy of these children. What they were. All, and the, it's, it's, you know what I mean? It's all it's all based on insecurity. No matter how, like I remember growing up in the '60s, and oh, okay, you're a hippie, you're a hippie chick, you're this, you're that, and that then later on, and the hippies weed. were in, then they're out, and now <laughs> they're like dirty hippies. We didn't take baths, apparently. I don't remember not taking a bath, but whatever, you know. And, <laughs> seriously, and so now, now we have well, a new generation to pick on. That's all it is, and I'm like, why do we do that? What is up yeah, with that? Well. You mentioned Mark Gerzon. I mean, you know, he was transformative in this journey and the inspiration for the whole thing. He wrote the book, The Reunited States, you know, how we can bridge the partisan yeah. divide. And he's, uh, he's been doing this for 30 years, like this kind of bridging work. And he saw this crisis coming like way before mm. most of us. I mean, we started this film three years ago and it's only yeah. more relevant. I can't imagine his journey. And one of the things that he always says is, you know, at the end of the Cold War, when you had Reagan shake yeah. hands with Gorbachev, yeah. uh, it was this moment of celebration where we're like, we don't have this, you know, superpower enemy anymore. But the problem is it mm. turned our energy inwards and we turned our en- our enemies inwards. And mm. ever since then, if you look at the, how this tracks, like at the end of the 80s, early 90s was the beginning of the internal polarization in this country. And so there's a really interesting argument to be made that having that common outside enemy is something that united us and not having that is something that we've, you know, turned inwards. And so there's, you know, it feels like we're in our own cold war now where this could be a long struggle that we're facing. And I think that the past couple of weeks have shown the depth of the, the division and that people are willing to resort to violence and, you know, not very many people. I mean, this is small numbers, but it's still, there's, there's tens of millions of people it's that crazy. voted differently than each other. Yeah. And so it's creepy right now. People are very us, fearful and mm-hmm. your, your, your yeah. movie, uh, your document, reunited States, everybody, again, go to reunited TV. I'm just going to keep pushing and pushing that everyone goes and watches this. You bring hope and hope goes a long way, but it's hope. It's not just hope. It's not like airy fairy, like, woo. You know, we could all be kumbaya, and and your, your Susan Bro uh, on there talks about this. It's not about kumbaya. This is about actual action, and I think it starts with ourselves as individuals that we have to fix mm-hmm. ourselves. Well, self-interest. That's I think right. the, the people around the world will come together in only one in only one way when we're attacked. By aliens from outer space. God. Then the, <laughs> then the Wait, what kind of the show world. am I on? I didn't realize. I know. There she is. She's all like, no, trip out. No, but. I just want no. to mention Susan Bro. Like, she, yeah. you know, obviously, you know, she's been thrust into the public spotlight for her daughter, Heather Heyer, who was killed during the Unite the Right yeah. rally when the car drove through the crowd. And yeah, I, horrible. you know, this whole film started actually when it, because I saw a talk that Susan did uh, when I was in DC mm. and I was uh, she was able to talk about you know working through our divisions to avoid further violence and it mm. hit me like a ton of bricks I was yeah. like a lot of people very emotional in 2016 and 2017 mm. and trying to navigate this new reality and here was someone who was on the front lines of division who'd suffered the most unimaginable tragedy mm. one could endure of losing a child to hate 
And she was on the other side of that talking about the need to come together and, and work through this or, you know, it's going to happen again. And I was just so moved because I, here I was being petty about my emotions about politics. And so I went up to her and I said, I don't know how or why, but I want to be a part of telling your story because I feel like you're a voice of reason and there's a vacuum of them right now. And mm-hmm. she kind of looked me up and down and said, here's my number. And I found out later that she did a lot of like background checks on me <laughs> for good That's reason. Cool. I mean, she <laughs> has, has upset a lot of people on the left and on the right. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, for a lot of people on the left, they, you know, aren't happy that as a white woman, she's taken up a lot of the oxygen about the race conversation. And on mm-hmm. the right, there's a lot of people that have death threats against her who think she's a crisis actress who faked this whole oh, thing. And so she does need to be geez. careful. And so ultimately I poured my heart out to her and I said, I want to tell this story. It's the reunited States. It's, you know, it's, it's going to be something that can help people and give people hope and show stories of, you know, us or people trying to bridge the divide. And ultimately she agreed and we, she allowed us to be in her car on the first anniversary of Charlottesville. And so we have this wow. deep dive look at her story and what she was going through and ultimately taking a bill to Congress on hate crime reporting and mm-hmm. turning this horrible thing. And if you, if you think about the events in Charlottesville, I mean, it, it changed her life and she got this bill passed. It is what is what inspired me to make this film was seeing how far things have gone. And it's what inspired Biden to run for president. And so mm-hmm. I think it's important to look that through great adversity comes like a tremendous yeah. hope and, and possibility. And so not to say we want, you know, these terrible things to happen, but it's really up to us of what we do with them. Exactly. I think that's the balance. It's the bad versus the good. Like if something really bad happens, then something good's gonna. It's just around the corner. It's the balance that nature provides. That extra step, you know, even just in in our personal, professional Mm -hmm. lives, we always feel like that one time that, like, okay, I'm done. Like, dude, I've tried so hard. I'm Mm -hmm. done. And you want to quit right there, but if you take that one extra step, I swear to God, yeah. it's the next day that door opens or something. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's just like that extra, like, mm. but you, this this is really remarkable what you've done. Uh, how did you get together with Mark, uh, the author? I mean, is this something you're like, okay, I'm I'm going to do this with Susan, and then like, how did all of this connect with you <laughs> and and everybody? Because even following them on the RV, I, David and and Aaron on the RV. Right. Yeah, no, it's uh, it all happened around the same time meeting Mark and and meeting Susan. I um I had been I had done this uh series for PBS called The Hidden Vote that profiled um minorities who support Trump. So it was like mm-hmm. LGBT for Trump and Muslims for wow. Trump and it was a really wow. insightful experience of how can we use media to hear each other better and understand each other better and you know, it sort of led me on this journey that, wow, storytelling has a really important role to play in bringing mm-hmm. us back together. And so I came up with this title, The Reunited States, just like randomly one day. And I was like, oh, this is a great title. Like, it's probably mm-hmm. too good. Somebody already has it. And so I Googled it and there was a book of the same name, <laughs> but on the same topic. And so I picked up the phone and I called Mark and I said, you know, can we meet? And, and I went to meet him. And, you know, told him this whole idea. And he's like, I've actually been waiting for a filmmaker to approach me because I think there's this inconvenient truth style film about this topic that can really Mm -hmm. take this out into the world. And he was like, may I ask how you found me? And I I told him the the story of the title and he kind of looked at me and scratched his beard and said, I guess it's meant to be. Let's let's set off on this journey. Uh. So we 
through him, you know, I'd already started following Susan, but he brought me the other three storylines because his book, which is fantastic and it's available for, you know, the, the publishers are making a free download as part of this film. You can see it on our website um, is profiles 40 or 50 people on the journey of bridging our divide. And I said, why don't we take that format and bring it to life in a film? Who are the three or four stories mm-hmm. right now? that are on their feet traveling the country trying to do this. I don't want this to be an academic film. I want it to be a visceral, right. emotional film. Mm-hmm. And so he, I would say I want to follow someone on election night. He said you should follow an independent because that's trying to break the two-party system. And so he introduced yeah. to Greg Orman. Greg, I said um, I want to follow like a youth story. What can young people do? And he's like, you got to talk to Stephen Olacara. Like he's building this coalition across the aisle that's going to transform government as we know it. And then I, and then the, the RV couple, I wasn't looking for them. He just called me one day and was like, you really have to talk to this story. And in, in all my 30 years of doing this work, I've never heard of anything more extraordinary of people actually going out into the world and trying to, trying to bridge divides. And as soon as I talked to David and Aaron, I was hooked. I was like, they're, they have this self-awareness and they're able to talk about these really complicated issues, you know, in, in their Southern drawl and, and, and kind of had this self-awareness that I was like, wow, this can, this can really move people if we capture this. And so I met them on the journey and, you know, um, the wow. rest is, is, is what you see in the film. They're really honest, you know, they're really honest about it. I mean, he, he did so much as, as a Republican, you know, mm-hmm. and I think that was so important mm-hmm. because a lot of times uh, documentaries of making changes, you know, were polarized. Yours is about unity, and I think Mm -hmm. that is so crucial that you showcase that, and that's what I also loved. Independent, uh, you know, Greg Orman, what he's doing as an independent, like, I I am. I'm registered as an independent because I I will say that straight up because it's – I would watch my language. The the whole thing (laughs) about being a party – it's like no, I I I like this part of this Republican thing, and I don't even like how our bills are written, because it's, yeah. it's all mm. the campaign contributions and funding from this. Per- it makes no sense well, to they, an individual. Be, and I think I they I, should be single I, issue bills, not right, oh, single we're issues. We're writing this and, bill, and then we're going to put that in there too, and they're opposites, and and then you're voting for something and, over here, and then you really don't want. The, the rest of the bill. How single how it becomes working? partisan. Yeah. Yeah. How, I'm not a working mom, but I'm on the road and I know like my time is short. How do working moms doing two to three jobs come home and be able to look up everything that's going on in the country and be able to do yeah. a really good vote? You know what I mean? And right now, yeah. it, it's the world, especially when people are losing their jobs because of COVID and all of these things that are happening economically, they're going to do number one survival. And part of our survival is what, how our country moves forward. And it, and yeah. yet at the, the, the political process has become this thing where I, I have friends and clients that are they're They're consumed by that and not even doing their business professional life. And I respect that, but it shouldn't be, that we have to all be, be become glued to TV and every news alert to vote in this country. And I think it's because of this political divide that we have that we're not voting. Yes. In a, we're hurting people by this. Well, this and, is and Lisa, terrible. you've mentioned, mm-hmm. 
Yeah. You mentioned like the, you know, being an independent, you're not alone. You know, mm. the data shows that actually a third of Americans identify as independent. Mm-hmm. And here we are thinking there's, it's only red and blue. And so it's actually, there's more independence than there are like any other category. And, you know, the, the challenge is our two party system isn't really set up for a third, you know, force in our, in our politics. And, you know, 160 years ago, there were five political parties, but somehow it's been whittled down to these two. And you think about the house of representatives or, or, or Senate and you say, Oh, the Democrats are in charge or the Republicans are in charge. The parties were never meant to dominate these institutions. Exactly. They've, they've sort of you've become like a virus that's in, infected them. And now we associate, Oh, it's the house Democrats where, that's not, they're not supposed to be aligned in, in our thinking like that. And so Greg Orman, who's sort of the, one of the leaders of the independent movement, you know, he ran for Senate in 2014 with this idea of the Senate fulcrum strategy. You know, if you have 100 senators in, 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 the, in the House and two of them are independent, those two would have the, and I'm, I don't mean far left independent like Bernie, I mean like moderate independent yeah, then those two would decide time. who controls this, the, the Senate on any policy, who confirms, you know, uh, administration posts. And, and so he ran for Senate and he was winning and, and he was going to prove this theory to be true. And then, the, you know, at the time, the, the GOP launched this unprecedented rescue operation. They flew in mm-hmm. all these national leaders and, and kind of, you know, uh, ended up winning. But he ran for governor of Kansas and I tell you, in, in 20 minutes on the phone with him, he turned my whole thinking around about independence being a spoiler, because I think it's so easy to say, oh, that'll never happen, or they'll never win. It's mm-hmm. unfortunately been set up by the two parties to to make it really difficult for anyone else to enter in. But, you know, as much as this film is about um, changing our system of government, I would I would try and say it's more about the everyday people. Like, what can we do? I, I think it feels mm-hmm. hopeless to look at, you know, our government and say they're, they're gridlocked. And, you know, I mean, each party is incentivized to win elections, not to serve the people. They're there to win the next election. And, and so I think both sides are guilty of some of these, you know, tricks that, that we complain about. And, Absolutely. and so for us, it's like, how can we take agency over our own lives? Like this political division has affected all of us. Like we've all mm-hmm. have family members that we can't talk yeah. to. We all have friends we've fallen out with. We've blocked people on social media those are the actions that we have control over. And, and what we really mm-hmm. hope this film is, is saying, what can you do in your life where you are starting tomorrow? And that, that's a different way to frame this that gives so much agency and say like, wait, I'm a part of something bigger than myself. And if we all do that, if enough of us do that, that's how we get out of this hole. It's not going to be our leaders that lead us forward. It's going to be us. It, you and know, that's what I love is action based. You, you are action based. With this movie, it showed action and how people can mm-hmm. start to take action, right? Number one, you can start getting this, downloading the video, watching it as it comes out, uh, February 9th, everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's action based. It's not like the kumbaya, right? And going back mm-hmm. to also that you in the movie, and it like that was like a light bulb moment for me. And, you know, it's like, oh, yeah. Well, one thing is when, you know, the Constitution was written, women weren't allowed to be part of the Constitution, mm-hmm. by the way. It was all men. But it was not about political parties. There was no Republican. And, and I can't remember who said it in the movie, but in the documentary. Great. But I was like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. Hell, yes. They weren't about the two parties. Hello, everybody that they is all freaked out about it. Dude. Mm. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, the, the opening the opening quote of the film um, says, 
the greatest good we can do our country is to heal our party divisions and make them one people. And it's from Thomas Jefferson. I mean, these, these issues that we're facing about partisanship have been Mm -hmm. here for hundreds of years. And so there's something about the long Jefferson while people are pissed at him. Yeah. He said this, Yeah, (laughs) you know, well, there's, you know, the, the difference between community and tribalism, like community is a group of people bound by love and tri- a tribe is a group of people bound together by hate. And I think that what's really happened is that our politics has metastasized into tribalism and it's, you know, it's survival. And they realize that the most inflammatory, you know, positions get the most amount of coverage and the most news and, and same with, you know, the media, it's, it's really designed for advertising sales and for keeping you engaged. And so they maybe they're overemphasizing the most extreme 10% of the news because it keeps you clicking. Maybe the other 90% of reality doesn't look like <laughs> that. You're talking about and Fox so, News. I'm talking about both sides. They're both incentivized to yes. replay the same clip over and over, CNN. exaggerate the same yep. news bite over and over. Oh, yeah. Well, and so, I mean, I guess what I'm saying is these forces that, if you look at like our government, that's a, maybe made up of a thousand people, elected officials nationwide. There's 330 million of us, and so to mm-hmm. say that we're as divided as our government is just not true, because their incentives are different than ours. There are special interests involved. There's elections involved, well, and same with the news media. Like we're constantly uh, inundated with this, and so I think it's important to, to look around and say, where are there? Is there good news out there? Are there stories of people mm-hmm. doing this? And can I too? You know, I have to say, we lived in Mexico, we lived in Kenya, we lived in England, we lived in South Africa, and so comparing the different systems, all the countries that we lived in. And when you say tribe, that's, mm. that cracks me up. Yeah, when like, you say tribe, I went around asking people like the back what? of my neck right there, the word tribe. tribe. Yeah. I know. Yeah, because yeah, we've been asked so many times, what tribe are you? It's really funny. But... <laughs> No, we have No, yeah. it's 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 interesting. But when I look at the different systems of all the countries we've lived in and done business in, which is not that easy, but somehow we managed, um I have to say when we think as Americans that we are all that much bigger and better, um we I my feeling since we returned to this country is we used to be, but we're at a point now, we got to take a strong look at who we elect, what we're doing, and I think we've been so comfy that we just, oh, I vote this, I joined this party, so I vote party lines, without doing our homework, and dangerous place to be. Do your homework before you vote, because you could end up like other countries that have real problems real problems. I mean, really big problems. So, you know, where your kids can be taken off to war without you're okay. We've seen stuff like that. So, you know, we're we're too comfy. This is a big wake-up call. That's how I'm feeling. Well, and I'm not like a, like a, I don't react emotionally or violently or, oh, dude, now this is happening and no, I'm not like that. I, but I'm looking yeah. at America and saying, wake up call. 
Look, I mean, you know, in the first three weeks of this year, we've had an insurrection, an impeachment, mm-hmm. and an inauguration. Uh-huh. Like, we are going through extraordinary shifts as a country. I don't think anyone yeah. would deny that this is something that we are still processing and we'll look back on. I think just to touch on what we said earlier, there's also a huge opportunity here. Like, mm-hmm. we are all going yeah. through this personal moment of identity and anxiety. Who who are we as a country? Mm-hmm. Who am I as a person? Yeah. And I think that like the biggest thing that we can do is to is to understand that we all have a role in this and that, you know, we think yeah. uh, like I, you know, I, there was one statement that we were making this film that I learned to separate from myself, which is, you know, if you voted for someone like Trump, then you must be a racist. And, you know, if you actually look at the definition of that, there's there's a former prejudice in there that says all 74 million of you are this type of person, which is ironic because mm-hmm. that's what we're trying to fight is is prejudice. And so you know, there's a lot of reasons why we got where we are and, and mm-hmm. you know, obviously economic reasons and, you know, the disappearance of the middle class and, you know, automation mm. and mm-hmm. identity, like feeling purpose and dignity in, in manual labor, like that's gone. And so how do we, how do we bolster like people so that they feel included in this, in this future together? Um, I think that what we saw mm-hmm. and what we're still experiencing is a backlash to people who feel like this country doesn't work for them anymore. And, and granted, there's mm-hmm. a, a lot of these countries never worked for, you know, people of yeah, color, especially. Sure. And so I think now there's a, a realization that if we're going to find a shared future, we have to find where our common pain is. And, and the pain really comes down to this disenfranchisement. Like, mm-hmm. is there a role for me in this world, in this country? And, and so I, I try and still listen with a little bit more of a sympathetic heart and understand that, you know, people, a lot of people that supported Trump was because he felt like, there was an opportunity or that he was fighting for them. And granted the sound bites that are shown on the left are the, are the worst ones from his speech. The ones that are shown on the right are the sensible ones mm-hmm. from the speech. And unless you're watching both sides, it's hard to imagine why someone would vote for him. But I, you know, for me, I've, I've, I've actually seen some of the good things that he's done. I've seen a lot of the bad things that I don't agree with, but like, I understand why people felt that this was their only chance or that this was their saving moment. And so I think until mm. we can start to humanize each other on both sides, like if we just say those people are, are hopeless or, you know, there's no saving them, then we're doomed. And and that's something yeah. that we all have to own. Um, so yeah. for me, it's yeah. it's like, how do we see and hear each other better? And, you know, I yeah. mean, just the fact that Van Jones and Megan McCain have come on board the film and see what we see and saying like, this is a, this is a message mm. that's worth getting behind. And Van has been, a bridge builder for a long time, you know, he used to work for in the Obama administration, but he's since made so many inroads into conservative communities. And, and, you know, he's got a whole group of people with MAGA hats that listen to him and look up to him. And, uh, and Megan as well, the fact that, you know, her father was the maverick who was willing to work with the other side and that's in her bones. And, you know, even though it's uh, it's hard going on the, the news every day and talking about these things, the fact that they join forces and put aside their differences to say, if we can do it, then you can do it, is just so meaningful to, to this film. I, lo- I love that they were yeah. both part of, you know, the, the executive producers of this because I think they really have made inroads, like you're saying, and I think that mm-hmm. is a huge deal and it's something that, yes, we can swap sides. I know Trump supporters, I know, you know, mm-hmm. Biden supporters, both sides of yep. the party. And I'm going to say just from our travels like we were talking about in the show, mm-hmm. we're all connected. We are all connected. Mm-hmm. It's about like, hey, man, I, I care about this park because we're park people because that's our thing. And, hey, our parks are getting some good justice right now. <laughs> Yay. But um, 
you know, it's it's really about coming together over what can you find in commonality? What you, can we do mm. to help each other? And that's the, the beauty of your film. I, I, I just want to say, I know we got to go, but I mm. really, really, really appreciate that because it is about coming together and it's also about taking action and what we can do. And it is just reaching over with a hand sometimes. And maybe right now we can't because of COVID. And I think COVID has really done a lot of that too because people can hide on the internet and yeah. be, you know, silly. But but we and we're can just do isolated things. from each other. Yeah. But we can yeah. do things. There are things we can do and we can find them. We could change what we do on social media for a start. And how about that? Yeah. Why don't yeah. we just start yeah. I've I've started a kindness project on our Facebook community because I'm like, let's just do a thing. What can we do every day to say talk about kindness for a month? Just for a month. And I can't believe how no, come on people, get on board with that. Come on. I'm just saying. Social media is, is not known for kindness. Yeah, that's it. I'm trying. I would, <laughs> but I, I echo you. Like, I, I think that there are, there are dozens of decisions every day that all of us are making to either be uniting us or dividing us. And yeah. I think the, the biggest misconception is that by shaming people or yelling at people that you don't agree with, I mean, look, conservatives think that liberals are destroying the country and their conservatives yeah. are trying to save it. Liberals think the same thing. And so yeah. I, I think the biggest thing for me that was a shift was saying, wow, my thoughts, words, and actions are hurting people or they actually matter. And if I'm saying something that is in blanketing entire groups of people as a certain way, like <laughs> all ex-supporters are this, mm. that's unfair. And that's actually part of the problem. And I, and I need to own that. And, and so yeah. the two things... That's right. I, not racist, but what do you call it? What do you call it when you prejudice? Yeah, partisanship yeah. is the new prejudice. Like, it's, you, you know, know it's like you're talking about businesses earlier. Like, I'm not going to serve you if you voted for X or something. I'm not going to go but, to this business. It's it is the new prejudice. It when we lived in Africa, the one of the thing that that drove me crazy was what tribe are you? That's the first mm. question everybody asked. What tribe but a lot you? of it was to know how to address, and so it was like wow. you know, um, so they would know how to handle you. They would yeah, know and identify you and label you. Yeah, you, know how to sell you whatever they're trying to sell you. What tribe are you? And it you see, I was like, wow, this is so bizarre. What tribe are you? And I, it was only like oh, how many years later I went. Well, what tribe are you? Took me so long. It was when we got to England. I was a little girl on the train when we landed in London and got on the train. And I went to the conductor who was a black man, and I went and asked him what tribe was was he, and he was completely offended. And this was (laughs) the best. That was the way. So I knew: Do you look in his eyes? Do you not? How do I, you know, communicate? Because some tribes in Africa, you do not look in their face directly. That Mm -hmm. is an insult. Or it yeah. is, an, uh, you know, everybody's oh. different. It's the, and it's, so it's the same metaphor crazy. here. Like, I, yeah. I think your, your point is, is well made is like, we need to know what bucket you go in so we know oh. what to think of you. And that's part of the problem is I need a label to put on you so I know, like, how to uh, position you in my mind. I will say, I know we're, we're kind of coming close to the end here. The, the yeah. two tools that we have in addition to the film one is we're launching this website. It, it'll be up uh, shortly after this airs, um, uh, reunitedstates.tv, that actually has 
things you can say and not say to family members and friends oh, that you cool. disagree with, and here here's some awesome. words that you should use and avoid. And we did awesome. it in conjunction with the Braver Angels, who uses family mm-hmm. counseling to help heal political divisions. And so that's a really oh. great resource that we're hoping that can give people, awesome. you know, and say things that you know might be helpful. And then the second thing is. We're uh, we're launching this red and blue carpet premiere of the film. Uh, yeah, it'll be really exciting. It's going to be on February 11th. Uh, it's a live stream. We're opening it up to the public. Van Jones and Megan McCain have agreed to be our keynote speakers there. It's not going to be a uh, screening of the film. It'll be this uh, conversation and spotlighting mm-hmm. everyday heroes that are doing this work. And Van and Megan will be there. The cast will be there. And there's a few surprise guests, other other cool. sort of celebrities and musicians. Um, but it's really, uh, you can register at reunitedstates.tv slash premiere. So we'd love to open it up and invite all your listeners here to join us. Absolutely. Cool. Thank Any you so much for everything TV you've done. Series? Everyone again, I got, ne- oh, ne- so we're going to go time-wise here. Uh, reunitedstates.tv uh, is the website to go to. So everyone check it out there. And again, that's going to be February 11th and keep up with them. It's going to be out on all streaming platforms like iTunes and Amazon on demand. Go to uh, just go to, you know, reunitedstates.tv so you can connect anyway. Um, But that will be on February 9th when it's available for everyone right now as this airs. Uh, it is out on uh, on on video on demand, right? So everyone's getting that from 29th yeah. of January on. So go get it, go watch it. Thank you so much, Ben, for what you've done. It is just such a pleasure and um, a pleasure chatting with you. And thank you for what you do as a filmmaker. It, it's it's important. And we're Thanks gonna close. So Thank you, and we're gonna we're gonna close with a song. Uh, Kwame Benet and the Shakedown have uh, been on our shows for a gazillion years, and we love their music. And this is called Universal Love, an old Jimmy Cliff song that he covered on their album Roots Rock and Universal Love. So here it is, uh, Universal Love. We got to close it up. So thanks so much, Ben. You take care. Thanks, Lisa. Thanks, Nancy. And hopefully, yes, there's take care, man. See you on the road.
Within your political 